What's going on, you guys? I'm Christy. And I'm Jen. And we are the hosts of the Brunching Back Sunday podcast. Each episode over a new batch of mini waffles, we will sit down with local musicians who are doing extraordinary things in the Long Island music scene. Let's dive in as we are going to spill the tea with some of your favorite bands. Welcome, Welcome to, to Brunching Back, Back Sunday. Let will you tell all your friends? We've got your friends this Welcome to episode six of season two of Brunching Back Sunday. We are back chowing down on some pumpkin mini waffles this week and chatting with Long Island's singer-songwriter Pete Mancini. You may know him from band Butcher's Blind or from opening up for bands like Blues Traveler and Jim Blossoms. He's here to share his journey from frontman of a critically acclaimed rock band to a national solo artist. Thanks for hanging with us, Pete. Thanks for having me. The waffles smell great. Oh, amazing. Thank you. Amazing. They're going to be complimented with a really nice cream cheese icing. We'll have the entire recipe for you. I just felt like that would go better than syrup with pumpkin. Oh, so you're doing cream cheese icing for this one. Yeah, like a cream, cream cheese icing glaze kind of deal. Oh, man. That sounds awesome. You already have an incredible resume here, repertoire here, and you just released a new album. So what was that about? What is, is it a kind of a concept album? Is it just uh, the Pete Mancini experience? What kind of uh, kind of songs did you put into it? How did it go developing it? And what was the process from developing to pressing and releasing? Well, um, so I just put out a new EP called The Commonwealth Sessions Volume 1. And uh, this was a collection of songs. It's five songs. And, um, you know, I had a goal of 30 songs for my next album. I hit that goal. And uh, the next album is written and ready to go. I just have to record it. But, um, you know, I had these songs left over that I still liked and I didn't want to, you know, throw them into the scrap heap. Um, you know, you start to get attached to these songs and, uh, yeah, I, um, decided the time was right to start recording them at home. I have a little home studio here and, um, yeah, I, that's, uh, it's called Commonwealth Studios. That's where the Commonwealth Sessions came from. And, uh, you know, it ended up taking on a life of its own. I recorded these songs. They were stripped down acoustic. I sent them to my friend, Nick Masiti, who mixed and mastered the EP. And he said, man, you know, this is a really good song. You got to put drums on it and flesh it out and give it the full, you know, band treatment. And I'm glad I did. Um, nice. We had Joe Leone on drums. We had Delaney Hafner of the Bell Curves on harmony vocals. And it took a life of its own. And um, so this is volume one of the Commonwealth Sessions. I hope to do definitely two, maybe three and put them all out as one big collection um, when I get there. So, you know, it's kind that. of an ongoing thing. Yeah. That's amazing. That's really cool. It sounds like you are, you know, you, you are, are very go with the flow and you kind of just let your music take you. And, uh, you know, how is it um, when you get into the um, <clears throat> process of like editing and mixing and stuff? Like I'm sure the, st- the songs kind of take on a different life from like beginning to end. Is that hard to cut? Is it because I would imagine it would have to be kind of like a letting go process because they, Absolutely. they sound different, right? Yeah, it's, I've um, learned a lot. I've put out a, a lot of records at this point. And, um, you know, you learn something new pretty much every album. 
And uh, when I did my album Killing the Old Ways with uh, Matt Patton of the Drive-By Truckers producing, along with Bronson too, that was when I flew down to Mississippi during the pandemic and, and did an album down there, which was a crazy experience. But in the past, I was always kind of a control freak about mixing and every little detail. Like I had my hand in, in all the different uh, aspects of making an album. And then on that record that I did with them, you know, uh, I just said yes to everything and, and let go. And basically you have to assemble a team and let them do their thing. And, you know, if you have, like, we had some great players on the album and, you know, Bronson is such a great engineer and it was just like, all right, yeah, you know, mix it. You know, I, I wrote the song, so I'm too emotionally compromised to, to mix them and even produce and arrange, you know, he, Patton was such a hands-on producer. So that record was life-changing for me in that I just said, you know, okay, I'm going to step back and let the music dictate what happens next instead of me trying to be like, all right, this has to sound like this. And I want, you know, right. Right. if you're an artist, you shouldn't be producing yourself. That's my opinion. But, um, yeah. I love that. I like the fact that you're so open to, to being a forever learner as a musician and as an artist. I mean, I feel like as creatives, we can learn so much from each other. So that's really great and, and encouraging for other people listening because, you know, I, I, I totally get the idea of feeling like these are your babies, you know, and mm-hmm. then to kind of trust, you know, someone else's idea. But it's so great that you're open. Um, and, you know, you definitely are doing it right because we had a chance to, to take a listen to some of your, your songs and some of your work, and it's incredible. So keep doing well, what you're you. doing. It sounds great. Well, I appreciate that. And, um, yeah, you know, these songs, like I said, you get emotionally attached to them. And um, what I found, though, is that collaborating and trusting other people with your vision, you know, it takes you to a new place that you wouldn't have ended up on your own. Right. So, you know, I could, you know, tweak and, and labor over a certain song. But if you bring someone else and then they say, hey, why don't you try this? Why don't you do this? You end up somewhere completely new. Right. So that's kind of part of the process that I've learned to embrace over time. And it took some time to get there. But, you know, I finally got there. And, yeah, just, you know, if, if there's any uh, artist listening and you feel stuck, just, wow. you know, bring someone else on that you trust. And, you know. See what happens. You have nothing to lose. You're the queen of the McMansion estate. Got the sports car with vanity plates. Heart of glass like a porcelain doll. All your mirrors look both ways. Like a needle needs a thing And a pill it needs a pain Take a hit of admiration How could anyone be so vain? You look so good at golden hour Savor the scene for an altar sound Sell the world you can't breathe by 
second rate Can't stand to sit through another first date Rush to push your magic button Let the stars choose your fate You look so good at golden hour Save the scene for it all turns same vein um, you know we always find it interesting here and how it seems every artist has their own way of tapping into their creative flow state so what does the creative process look for you when you're writing music for a new album well I appreciate the the wording of that question because I've done so many interviews and they're like lyrics first or music first mm. and uh, I've answered that question like 500 times but <laughs> it, it creative flow is a good way to put it because you know, it's something that's always on right. and, um, you're living life and you're picking ideas out of the air and, um, you know, it can be different every time it could start on the guitar. It could start with a lyric or a melody. And the most important part is that you document it. Like I use my, um, phone cause it has the notepad app. It has the uh, voice recorder and that's how I, uh, you know, cut demos and, and record ideas in the moment. And, um, yeah, it's basically a matter of, you know, compiling all your different ideas. Like you'll hear someone say something and they're like, ooh, that's good. You write it down. And then eventually you're writing something and like, oh, that thing that that person said fits. So it's it's all a big puzzle and it all comes together over time. But like I said, it's always going. It's always on. And um, I find that for me, that's, that's how things work. Uh, there's a great book. Right here on my shelf. Oh, look at um, you. Jeff Tweedy. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Tweedy from Wilco. Um, he's one of my favorite songwriters. He wrote this book called How to Write One Song. And um, I was so happy to realize that like his method was kind of how I was like naturally doing things. Compile your one-liners, compile your music ideas, just get everything out and recorded. And then it comes together and you know that's how you you write some cool songs. That's great advice. Yeah. Because I, um, I know I I struggle with songwriting, and I, I think one of my main problems is I, I kind of block myself off, and, and, and I guess I kind of think about what I'm writing too much instead of just mm -hmm. letting it happen. And then if it sucks, it sucks, and you put it off to the side, and that's totally fine. Like, instead of being like, don't be too critical, I suppose, I guess my point is, and then just kind of getting everything down and letting it come together and being open, I think. Mm -hmm. And if maybe this lyric doesn't necessarily fit for this song I'm trying to write, maybe it'll fit for something later. But don't be too critical and not jot it down. So I exactly. think, yeah, I think it's great that you have your, um, you utilize your phone in that way, something so simple, something we all have and, you know, just write it down. And if you don't use it now, you could use it later probably. Exactly. And, you know, when you're writing something, like you said, it doesn't have to come out perfect right away. You know, mm -hmm. everyone has this idea that like, you know, these legendary songwriters just channeled the perfect song. It just came out perfect the first time. And, you know, like I think the magic happens in editing. You know, when you're channeling a song and you're like writing it down on the page, just get it out and then you could always change it later. You know, um, there's that famous story that McCartney was writing yesterday 
and he had it was called scrambled eggs. Yes, yeah. Which is good for the brunch theme. Today. I know. Look at this. <laughs> but yeah, you know, he changed it later, and it became yeah. like the most recorded song ever. And one, yeah, uh, that's one of my favorite stories, like favorite stories, because it's yeah. so inspiring, and it like like you know like someone like Paul McCartney, like who's written like all these songs that we know and love today, and now like you know like he trusts the process, you know, so if he could do it, we could do it. Exactly. So, yeah. And you know. Another thing, too, is to dispel the notion of like that these guys and these artists are invincible and they and they, mm. they're perfect every time. Right. Like, you know, even like the legends, they write some stinkers every now and again. Right. And, you know, no one's invincible. Uh, we're just human. We're not perfect. So the song that you're writing doesn't have to be perfect. You know, it just has to be you. And it just has to come out. And if you like it, then someone else will like it, too. That's mm. always been my barometer. Like if I, I like a song, I'll be like, OK. This is worth recording. Yeah. Um, another thing too, uh, you know, when I'm writing a batch of songs for an album, you know, I'll, I'll I'll keep writing and writing songs until I hit that one song that raises the bar on the last thing I did. Okay. And uh, that's always been my guiding light. Like I'm ready to do an album when I hit that next raising the bar song. So, you know, the only competition is yourself. Right. You know, uh, Aaron Lee Tajian, great songwriter. He says, uh, you know, success. It's not about being better than everybody else. It's about being better than yourself. Mm. I so, love that. Some you wisdom just, right there. Yeah, totally. I mean, <clears throat> just like encouraging yourself to raise the bar and, you know, sky's the limit and not to be so critical and just keep going because something amazing could happen. If you stifle yourself, you'll never find what that is. Exactly. So, yeah, that's great advice. I mean, that's why Jen and I love doing this so much because – you know, it, it's a lot of us as music lovers, we have the opportunity to hear the end result of our favorite artist's music. Um, but it's interesting with this podcast is that we get to kind of tap in and hear the stories and all of the blood, sweat and tears that go into it from beginning to end, like the stuff you don't see. So yeah. it's, it's hopefully we always hope to, to inspire creatives on this podcast to, you know, it's not always, like you said, going to be perfect. The end result isn't how it started. Um, and it's more about the journey. So thank mm -hmm. you for sharing that, because that's that's really important for us as creatives to share for other people who might be wanting to, to get into music. And you, know, you know, people don't wake up and like, oh, you're Mick Jagger. No, he didn't wake up to be Mick Jagger. He didn't wake up Gerard Way. It was. <gasps> oh, my God. That would be amazing. He didn't just wake up like that. <laughs> no, this is not what happened. You know, you remember, like, we can all say we're old back in, like, he was at Sports Plus, like, peddling T-shirts. Gerard Way. My, yeah, to yeah. get my chem started. Gerard Way, he is Taking my back Sunday, favorite you know, like, all these, artist. Oh, yeah? <laughs> like, Freddie Mercury was, like, laughed off the stage because he couldn't get the mic out, and then that just became his signature thing. Like, I'm just going to take the whole thing. Right. Yes, that's true. With these people, there's a process that you're going through, and right. I think that's great, Freddie, everything in life, everything is a process. Right. And, you know, no matter what you're doing in life, it you just have to unfortunately trust it. And some things don't work. Some things do. And you just go around and rearrange a few things. Like, I've had some baking things where I'm like, oh, that did not quite uh, quite get, like, um, the episode with Christy, uh, Chrissy and um, Jess. And I was trying to make the keto thing. And I'm like, this almond flour, I don't have xanthan gum to bind this. Gum. So I'm like, I'm just going to throw it in a pan and bake it. <laughs> yeah, but I think that's the lesson here. And re regardless of how, where you put your creative energy in, 
May it be with songwriting. May it be with baking. Whatever your outlet is to get out your creative energy is you're going to make mistakes. It's not going to be 100% every single time. So Mm -hmm. I know it's easier said than done. But just tapping into those mistakes and leaning into them and finding the lessons as to why it's happening can only make you better. So, yeah, you can be pissed and be like, oh, damn, this sucks. But be pissed because it's normal. But then don't stay there. Move on. Lean into it. Learn from it. And create something even more kick-ass from it in the end. So, yeah. Absolutely. You know, mistakes are how you learn. Yep. And, uh, you know, if you learn, then it was worth it. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, everything you've done gets you to where you're at today. and. So if it's if it's all part of the process, you know, don't get discouraged. Just keep going. So I had brought up in the last podcast that um, I go on the you know the little tour trips with the Warp Tour band, and we went to a venue in Connecticut, and I was actually for the first time ever I saw a sign on the wall that said, "In every room, pouring is hard," and it had a hotline to call, just mm. in case you know you're feeling down, you're feeling depressed. I mean, I imagine you know. It's hard sometimes when the guys just go out of state for like a day or two. Everyone's exhausted. You're traveling. Now you, you know, they do two back-to-back shows and you're like, okay, this is kind of a bit. Now I can imagine you traveling all over and doing the amount of shows that you've done. How do you keep everything centered? Like what is your perspective on any everything and what keeps bringing you back? What is the love of it that keeps bringing you back to it knowing how mentally, physically, and emotionally exhausting it can be? And how do you cope with that? Yeah, that, I think you, you summed it up pretty good because touring is amazing, it's fun, but like you said, it's also hard and uh, it's taxing emotionally and, and mentally. And, uh, you know, a big part of um, that for me is, you know, um, I've been sober for five years now and I think okay. if if I was not, I wouldn't be able to tour because you have to drive very long distances you have to keep track of everything. There's so many things you have to do. It's it's not like people view it as like, oh, you're going on tour. It's a big crazy party. It's not. It's like you're you're driving around and you have a mission. You have a job to do. And uh, it's the side, you know, benefit is that it's a lot of fun and you meet a lot of great people and you you know. It, but the main mission is to do the show. And you know, the early days of touring when I didn't really know what I was doing. You know, it was, um, it is hard, you know, it's hard to get people out. It's hard to, you know, travel these long distances. There's a lot of coming and going. And I used to feel like kind of this, this great sadness that I was carrying around. It's like, you feel lonely. You feel, especially touring solo is, uh, that's, it's not for the faint of heart, night driving and all that. But, um, you know, I've learned to embrace it, and I think you know, just through you know spiritual practice and and things like that, I've been able to, you know, embrace the process. And you know, there's some great great organizations that are helping musicians cope with the the mental health aspect of things. And one of them is called Backline. And Backline, it's a uh, nonprofit organization that connects mus- uh, musicians and you know musicians' family members and uh, you know all that, they connect them with mental health resources. So when I needed help, um, I was able to connect with them. They connected me with a therapist and, uh, that's helped me a lot. Um, because, you know, especially today, the artist is facing challenges that no one ever really had to, 
faced before. Mm -hmm. You know, recorded music in general with the streaming services and everything, it's, it's really hard to make money. It's all based on numbers. There's a lot of like, you know, with the online Instagram, TikTok promotion, there's a lot of comparison and, you know, that can really like do a number on someone's insecurities as an artist. You know, we've all felt it before where, oh, you know, like imposter syndrome, you know, but uh, as my friend Travis McKevney used to say, uh, to compare is to despair and you have to kind of find your way through it. And I guess as that relates to touring, you know, the, the more you do it, the better you get at it and you learn little tricks and tips and, you know, I've done some tours with a band, I've done them solo and, uh, um, you know, it's always a lot of fun, um, but it took some learning to learn how to do it right. And, um, happy to announce I'm going on tour this summer and, uh, got some West coast dates coming up, which I'm very excited about. Uh, you know, I haven't been back there in a long time and, um, I've got, uh, some New England dates, uh, including one opening for Cracker at the Narrow Center. Awesome. And, uh, yeah, booking some dates around that as well. So I'm still adding more dates, but, um, yeah, that's another thing, too. Booking it is very hard. Um, I always had to go back to, um, like, the whole punk scene and everything. My stepdad told me when I was so young, because he was, um, he's unfortunately, he's since passed, but he, you know, he was older. He grew up in going to the CBGBs seeing Ramones for the first time, seeing the police, seeing Blondie. He know he knew Pat Benatar from when he was in school. Oh, that's awesome. And he was just like, he's like, it's not what you're wearing. It's not like the whole, like the attitude of it. He's like, it's, he's like, it's not a community. It's not what you're wearing. It's, it's your attitude. It's no holds bars. Be true to yourself. He goes, that's the definition of the punk attitude to me. It's not a bad attitude. It's just, you're not going to take the bullshit from people and you're going to be true to yourself. And, as long as you're being true to yourself, there's no way you can ever be an imposter. Mm-hmm. And the amount of, I take like the whole social media thing with the grain of salt. Everyone puts their best face forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the best, you're not going to take the picture of yourself crying hysterical because you just had the worst day of your life and the most awful things have happened to you. Yes. Mm-hmm. You're going to take the happy, shiny people picture day. It's the, excuse me, it's the public highlight reel. Yeah. You know, and I think by doing things like this and, and sharing our story um, and, and being honest and open and authentic about it and saying, yeah, it's, it's hard and it sucks. And, and I was at like a, a, a hard place, but I reached out and I got help and I made these changes. And, you know, I think the more that we talk about it, um, you know, hopefully we could remember that, you know, social media, a lot of it is, uh, is the highlight reel. So Smoke yeah. and mirrors. Yes, exactly. It definitely is 100%. Yeah. Like, this is not I, you really <laughs> Yeah, I'd like to uh, touch on what you said, Jen. I think like that punk DIY kind of, you know, spirit is important, too, because, you know, punk, you know, it it can be misunderstood by a lot of people, but it's about acceptance. It's about, you know, inclusion. It's about, you know, standing up to oppression and, you know, you know, like the the man, you know, it's it's, it's railing against convention. and, And I think that's an important part of it. And. Yeah, you know, about being true to yourself. That's what it's all about at the end of the day. And um, I think that was very well said. So just wanted to comment on that. And, um, I think, like, 
say what you want, be who you feel. Just, you know, just don't be an asshole to people. Exactly. exactly. And don't, yeah, yeah, just don't be an asshole. That, that's just be cool. Like, just be cool. Just be Keep cool. Your ideals, but just be cool. Don't be an asshole. <laughs> but outside of that, just be who you are because at the, you're the only person who has to live with yourself and you're the only person you can ever escape. Ah, yes, <laughs> very true. Jen, you're the only person you're stuck with. The rest Jen of your is just life. spitting yep. facts today. She's like, I love it. <laughs> no, this is a this is a good discussion. All good things. Yeah, totally. This is uh, my weekly, like one of my weekly therapy sessions. I love it. Immersive <laughs> therapy is a new form we're gonna do. I mean, us creatives, we have to stick together, and we have to. Um, you know, we we talked about it with last week's episode that. You know, don't gatekeep, share the story, share yeah. the inspiration, um, you know, because we're all in this together and, and you know, we, we want to keep inspiring one another. So, um, you know, and Pete, a moment ago, I know you shared um, that you're going on tour and that's amazing. Um, so we will make sure for everyone listening to tag Pete um, when this episode goes live and we'll, we'll share in stories throughout the week so you guys can can follow him and um, keep tabs on when those dates yes, are going to happen. So, you know, for those who live in New England or around the area, definitely go see him. If you're on the West Coast, definitely go see him. Or if you need a vacation, like me. You need a vacation. <laughs> <laughs> vacation. Come on down. Head home from work. Spend the weekends getting their money's worth. back and said yes this is where I'm supposed to be and this is my calling um you know there have been a lot of highlights over the years 
there's been a lot of downtimes too. I, I liken it to a roller coaster where, you know, and at first it was hard to navigate because you're working towards that next high point and then, you know, the downtime between can be trying, but I've learned that the next high point is, is always just around the corner. You just can't see it yet. Mm-hmm. So that's how I don't, I don't ride the roller coaster anymore. I just kind of understand that you got to work towards the next thing. And, um, yeah, you know, just it, with Butcher's Blind, there were a lot of high points. We did some great shows that like, as you said, the intro, uh, Blues Traveler, Gin Blossoms. And I've had a lot of great highlights as a solo artist, uh, tours and opening slots. And, um, one highlight in particular is, uh, working with Jimmy Webb. Nice. Jimmy Webb is a uh, three-time Grammy winning songwriting legend. And, uh, yeah, I can't believe I'm friends with him. Um, I worked for him as an assistant and, uh, I got to open some shows for him. And that was a, a big highlight because Jimmy believes in my music and, uh, that means a great deal to me. Um, to have someone like that, like your tunes is, is something very special. So that's like a very recent highlight. And, um, yeah, I got to open for Rhett Miller recently and, and I've been a big fan of him for a long time. Um, you know, festivals and it, there's a lot of high points, you know, a lot of great shows. And, uh, you know, it's, it's the time in between those things that, mm-hmm. that can be the challenge. But, uh, you know, whenever I am on stage, uh, you know, like we just did Mayday Music Festival and that was a great, great show. We got to play the main stage mm-hmm. and yeah, that's when I feel like I'm, I'm where I'm supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, just, uh, you got to work towards the next thing. That's the, that's the challenge. That's good advice, Pete. I mean, I never really, um, you know, as a music listener, I never really considered that time in between, um, the highs, I would Mm -hmm. imagine like really kind of, um, come out deep when like you've come up from like a really great experience and then there's just kind of like a lull. Mm -hmm. Um, and I like the fact that you kind of understand that that's part of the journey that just because there may be lulls, it doesn't mean it's over. That there's yeah. something else around the corner, like you said, that you have to just continue to work towards. So that's a really great perspective. It took a while to get there. Yeah, I'm but sure. I've learned to embrace the, you know, even the downtime too. Mm. Um, yeah, that's just uh, what I've learned over the years of doing this. I have been in the game a while. And uh, that's another thing too, is just stay in the game. Because you don't, you don't know what's going to happen next. You you can't, we can't predict the future. Mm. So. And you're, it seems like your, your eyes, ears, and your heart are open, um, to learn from the other creatives around you, which I think is really important. Um, instead Mm -hmm. of going into it and saying like, I, I know it all. Like I'm, I've been, even though like you've been doing it for so long, you still are open to kind of learn from others and take suggestions and, you know, I think that's what makes you so great is you just keep evolving and you keep learning and building upon the knowledge of others. So, and I'm sure that you get to do that as well, whether you know it or not, you know, just someone like listening to something like this or someone seeing you on stage. And, you know, that, that is the one thing that's great about social media is that we can kind of, um, if we use it properly, is that we could share our stories and get it out there more and help learn from one another. So. Yeah. That is, that is great. And thank you for the kind words. And yeah, it's, it's all a learning experience at the end of the day. Yeah, definitely. 
I think that's a, a great tool that you have is that you've learned to accept that the highs are high and the lows mm-hmm. are low. But I'm sure there's that in between where you're, you know, you're leaving a tour, you're looking forward to it, and then if it lasts a little bit longer than you intended it to, is that when, like, you really start to feel a little bit, or... Or it's like, how long in between do you say, well, I got to get back out there versus no, my body, my mind, everything really needs a rest right now. How did you find, come up with that balance? Um, yeah, that's a good question. Um, I think after a big cool thing happens, you, you get a couple days, if you're lucky, where you're kind of coasting on good vibes. Mm. And uh, then eventually, you know, life kicks back in and, you know, you're back to reality and, you kind of have to navigate that where it's like, all right, back to the grind, you know, back to the, the everyday. And yeah, you know, um, I used to, it, it, you would like kind of forget about it and just be on to the next thing. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's hard gratitude in this business it is very hard to practice, but it, you can practice it. It's a mindset that needs to be worked on. Yes. Um, there's a saying, gratitude is the attitude. And uh, on days where you're not grateful and you're you're having a bad day, we all have bad days, um, it helps to remember the good things. And uh, that's something that, that I know I needed to learn and, and work on because – Back in, in the day in Butcher's Blind and, and you know, what, you know, I was always kind of bashing my head against the wall and just blind ambition trying to get to that next high. And, uh, yeah, you know, addictive personality, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, nowadays it's, like you said, you got to embrace the all of it and because it's life. It all comes together and uh, that's just a big part of it, so. Oh my gosh, you are like, that is such great, valuable information that you just shared, Pete. Thank you for that. Because, yeah, it was so good. Because I I try and I haven't been like the greatest at it, but I always like want to think about one or two things before starting my day that I'm grateful for. Because Mm -hmm. we are, you know, programmed like since the beginning of time to survive and and be in fight or flight. And so it's always, it's just kind of like in our programming, so to speak, that you could just like wake up and, and start solving problems in your day that, you know, you might come to. Um, but if you just kind of allow yourself that time, even if it's for like a second or two, just to think of like three things that you're grateful for, it can completely start to organically change your mindset the more that you do it. So yeah. that is like positive such, thinking. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And it's not always easy, but the more you do it, it can organically be the first thing you think of instead of all the problems. So that is mm-hmm. like such great advice. So you have your New England tour dates, you have your West Coast tour dates, you have your album coming out. So what is what is next? What happens during the in-between now when everything is said and done? What's your next goal to get to? What's your next process? So there's a couple of things on the horizon I'm pretty excited about. Um, one, as I mentioned before, um, I definitely want to record another album, full-length album with uh, Dialback Sound down in Water Valley. And um, so that's going to be cool. And also, in addition to my stuff, uh, I play with the famous Dr. Scanlon Band, which performs the music of Travis McKeveny. Um, for those of you who don't know, Travis McKeveny was a best friend, brother, and amazing songwriter who lived in Blue Point. 
and sadly we lost him over the pandemic um just before we were about to start our um third his third album which i believe is his masterpiece it's called dublin to duluth and um we're going to get that album over the finish line for him so we're hoping to start rolling that out and start recording that this year and um that's a very important project to me because we we have to uh keep his music alive and his spirit alive because he was an amazing person and uh yeah i miss him a lot but you know that's how we honor him is uh carry on his musical legacy so those are two albums that i am excited about and uh yeah i just want to keep playing shows and uh you know keep keep this whole thing going uh best i can so that's what's next amazing it sounds like you are well on your way to do those things that's beautiful that you're you're doing that and you're coming together to to continue that music and, yeah, and, let us know yeah. if we can help promote anything for Travis. Um, we're very sorry for his passing. Yeah. Um, Thank you, and uh, I appreciate that. Let us know. We can definitely spread the word to people that we know, and uh, let us know if there's any kind of fundraising that you're doing for the family. Just you know, let us know who we can help out. Sounds good. And, yeah, we're going to be doing a fundraising campaign for the album. Um, okay. And hopefully get that out soon. So, uh, yeah, we'll definitely be in yeah. touch. And Absolutely. Let us know how we can help out. I mean, I can run a mean bake sale. <laughs> yeah, that'd be awesome. Get some bake sale. Oh my god, that's yeah. a great idea, Jen. Yes. <laughs> grassroots stuff, you know. That's how. That's how these things happen. Yes, so. yes. Start at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, awesome. Well, Pete, you. I'm sure every, like people who are just being introduced to you and and people who who know you I'm sure are either falling deeper in love with you just with this conversation or ah. had fallen in love with you with during this conversation. So anyone who would like to connect with you, where can we find you online? Uh it's pretty simple, just petemancini.com. That has everything. It's got the music, it's got the tour dates, it's got um the social media links. Perfect. So you know, whatever your preferred music platform is, it's on there. So just PeteMancini.com, you get everything. Right. One-stop shop. That's amazing. And we'll build up the little part for the spiritual toolbox. I feel like you can really be a very sought-after resource for people who are learning to go on tour, and I think they could learn a tremendous amount from you. Well, I, yeah, I appreciate that. I can't take credit for the spiritual toolbox, but, you know, I, I am a proud user of yeah. said toolbox, so... Uh, yeah, happy to uh, chat with anybody uh, about these things. So, yeah, hit me up. Yeah, I think that's an amazing thing that, you know, that you have learned how to deal with and cope with and put into good use. And I think that any future musician, up-and-coming musicians, even seasoned musicians, mm. could definitely benefit from everything that you've just said. Yeah. Pete, what is the best piece of advice you can give musicians, either up-and-coming, seasoned, anyone who's involved in any kind of music scene anywhere? What's the best advice that you can give them? I think we may have touched on some of them already, but I think the best advice would be to stay in the game. You know, like when you're feeling like giving up, just don't and just keep going because, again, you don't know what's around the corner. So stay in the game and um, you kind of have to tap into a faith that, you know, you can do it. You know, just kind of a – even like – because things are going to be, things are not always going to be great, as we've touched upon. So, stay in the game. You know, to compare is to despair, and just 
keep going. Thank you for hanging with us. Check us out on Instagram at Brunching Back Sunday Podcast. Until brunch time.